0: of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. The market has gone up for three weeks in a row. The S&P is above 3,000 for the first time since July, and that's within striking distance of the previous high, which is about 3027. We had a mixed bag of good news come out lately, including some optimism surrounding the trade talks with China, uh, China which is set to resume early October, strong retail sales numbers, which were better than expected, and We got a little help from our friends at the ECB, which announced an aggressive stimulus package. What's put a damper on things was the drone attacks in Saudi Arabia this past weekend, which took about five and a half percent of the world's oil supply offline. And we're getting varying reports on how long it's actually going to take to get it back up online. At first, it was reported it would be uh, back up and running in a couple of days. But you know what? You have to be very skeptical of that. Oil stocks went higher. Airline stocks went lower. All what you would expect from something like this. And we'll just have to wait and see what the response is from the U.S. and Saudi Arabia. And we'll talk about oil in just a couple of minutes. Besides that, there are two other things that affected the market that I wanted to mention. First was the rise in interest rates maybe rates aren't going to zero. The yield on the 10-year treasury last week went from 1.46% to 1.91%. Folks, that is a big move. If you own bonds, you know that when yields go up, bond prices go down. So you could very well have seen the value of your bond portfolios fall last week. We've had a big fall in yields over the last year or so. Look back at last November; the yield was sitting at, or the yield on the ten-year was sitting at three point two four percent, just about three and a quarter percent. And now it's below two percent, with rates falling and then spiking as they have recently. I think the key takeaway here is it's important to keep these moves in context. Just as the collapsing Treasury yields last November didn't indicate that the U.S. economy was headed for an imminent recession. The rapid, well, albeit, albeit modest recovery doesn't indicate that all the dark clouds are gone from the horizon either. The Fed meets this week, and the market is pricing in a quarter-point rate cut, 25 basis points. But that's not a sure thing. If they do, that could relieve some concerns about an inverted yield curve. But we still only have an economy growing in the two percent range. The other thing that I thought was interesting is that you're seeing a rotation out of growth stocks into value stocks. And the crowd goes wild because I'm a value investor. That's right. Make no mistake about it. I'm a diehard value investor. But I think people get too hung up on what's value and what's growth, or rather they get hung up on trying to define a business as one or the other. I think value and growth are joined at the hip. You always see the headline. Growth stocks are outperforming value stocks or the other way around. Although we haven't seen value, the value indexes beating the growth indexes for quite a long time. Things aren't always nice and neat as we'd like them to be. For example, we started buying Apple, symbol AAPL, started buying Apple years ago. Apple, it's a growth stock. They were growing 30% a year. It was a tech company. It was clearly a growth stock. But Apple was also trading at 12 times earnings, Which was a big discount to what the market was trading at at the time, had no debt, and it was clearly a value stock. So you can have both growth and value. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You just buy great businesses that are growing, that are run by good managers, and you don't overpay for them. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the technicals because I know a lot of you folks follow them. I'm a fundamental type of investor, but it always pays to keep an eye on the technicals, right? I have to say that we've seen some big improvements so far this month. The market has broadened out to include the small caps, the mid caps, and the value stocks that I just mentioned. To give you an example, the Value Line Geometric Index, that's the index that has 1,600 stocks in it. It's diverged from the S&P and the Dow to the point now where it's above its 50-day and its 200-day moving average, and it's closing in on its July peak. This is telling us that more stocks are participating and not just the names that you hear about all the time. When you see the market broaden out like this, it raises the potential for the sustainability of the current rally, especially when you see investor sentiment going along with it. At the beginning of the month, investors were really pessimistic and now they've become more bullish, but not overly so. That's a good combination more participating stocks. The investors are showing some sign of optimism. I said we come back to oil. So here we are. The, drones, uh, the drone strikes in Saudi Arabia this weekend took out 5.7 million barrels of oil a day off the global market. And the price of Brett crude on Monday spiked from 61 to 68, depending on how long it takes Saudi production to come back oil could still move higher. I know it sounds crazy, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it spike up into the 80s in the next couple of months as supply tightens. And how does that affect the U.S.? Great question. Historically, oil prices have often preceded U.S. recessions, but our relationship with oil has changed over the years. First, you have the emergence of shale oil, and that's turned the U.S. into a huge producer, meaning that a large part of our economy actually benefits from higher oil prices. Second, you have improved fuel efficiency in both cars and in in manufacturing. Substitution away from oil, well, it's all lessened the impact from higher oil prices. So with those two things said, oil prices may go higher in the coming months, but I doubt this is going to tip us into a recession. The two energy stocks that we've talked about on this show over the last couple of years have been Chevron and Exxon Mobil. And let me stick, stick with uh, Chevron today, symbol CVX. It's trading at about 124, and it's been stuck in this trading range for a while now, where it bounces around from 115 to 125, and then back again, and then back again. And that's it's been doing that for the last year and a half. What I like about it. Or, what I like about them is that they've been delivering pretty robust growth because of new production from the Permian Basin, the Gulf of Mexico, and Western Australia. In 2018, it realized what you would call peer leading volume growth of 7%. And they said that you could expect similar results for all of this year. Now, I would expect cash flow to continue to rise over the next five years because of cost cutting and the addition of higher margin volumes, which should result in greater free cash flow. And I love free cash flow because free cash flow pays the dividend. So what do you do here? I don't want to try and trade oil. Oil prices are going to be jumping around all over the place. If I own Chevron, I'd stay with it. If you don't own any of the oils, I'd say that you could start buying some under 120. At that point, I'd also be collecting a 4% dividend. Now, over the next few weeks, I'm going to be drilling down on a few stocks and getting a little bit more in-depth than usual on some of our favorites, because hopefully it'll help you with your research as you go along. If you want help developing a financial plan that suits you, give us a call. We'd be happy to help. The number is 301-770-5234. As a matter of fact, I'm doing a couple of seminars coming up in October. And if you want to come out and meet us, learn about what we do for our clients, well, let me know. We're emailing, well, we're mailing out invites to certain people. But if you want to get on the list, just call me. You have the number or email me at podcast, which is plural, podcast at xmlfg.com. The more the merrier. But frankly, we have limited space and they sell out pretty quickly. So if you do, give a call email us, what have you. Okay. That's all we have time for this week. We'll be back next Wednesday. Until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. This is Eric Whiteman, and this has been Common Sense Investing. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, They're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML financial group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification,